Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined always by my man, Lucas Kaser, and you are tuned in to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Candlestick Kids, leave a rate and review anywhere you're listening to your podcast, and follow us on IG at Fantasy Football underscore TCK Pod, and on Twitter at TCK underscore Pod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program, another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Sky and Lucas with you, as always, episode two. 24 today we are breaking down our quarterback stacks we are each going to pick our favorite quarterback stack with a running back a wide receiver or a tight end maybe a couple guys in drafts that we would have in an ideal situation of course some of them are kind of unrealistic such as maybe the Chiefs with all those weapons or stacking maybe Alvin Kamara and um Michael Thomas with Drew Brees both of those guys can be kind of tough but we're going to talk through one we're each going to pick our favorite stack per position. So we're going to have two teams. We break down per position and give a reason why we want to do that. Maybe it's based on ADP. Maybe it's straight up skill. Maybe it's that you can get a couple different players with that quarterback, which we want to pair up with them. So before we do that, let's bring in Lucas. Lucas, my man, how are you feeling? Feeling good. I'm ready to uh, – what's the word? I Show – I don't know. I'm not like – I feel like stacking isn't like an actual strategy because I feel like in the end it's realistically just drafting players that is going to score the most points. Um, I don't know. Like, do you do you find you're better? Like, your team is better if you stack? I don't know. I don't really – I think it's a little like – I don't want to say overhyped, but I think it's like don't waste too much time being like I have yeah. to go get Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and Tom Brady because like it's not – because the ADP ranges are like similar to what Mike Evans is, what DJ Moore will produce, et cetera. So I don't, yep. I don't find a ton of value in it, but I think it's definitely viable. It is not something that I generally go into a draft um, pursuing. Um, it's like, I don't go into a draft saying I got to have these guys and then I pick their quarterback. However, uh, especially with the late round QB strategy, which just this works out most of the time. If I have, um, let's say I have Kenny Galladay, um, and or Marvin Jones. Let's just say I picked two of the Lions or one of the Lions there in my drafts. And I'm in the 15th round and I need a quarterback and Matt Stafford's laying around. I might pick Matt Stafford over, let's say, Drew Locke, who I, I have no Broncos of just to have that stack. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes it's like a deterrent of, of, of me picking one guy over another one. Um, but it's not necessarily something that I go into a draft looking for to do. Uh, but I'm not opposed to doing it. Um, over the years, man, I loved – Used to, I, I used to love having it – was, it was expensive, but it worked out. I used to love having Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson. Um, I had Tom Brady and Randy Moss the year that they cruised. I had Matt, um, Matt Stafford and, and uh, Calvin Johnson back in the day. Uh, most recently, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones is a great stack, right? Um, so we're going to go through some of these guys now uh, who I, I like to have and I think are more, um, you know, uh, reasonable to have big Ben and AB was a great stack for years, obviously. So let's run through it, man. Let's just start here. We're going to go through the uh, NFC first and then the AFC. We're going to go through each division. Um, I'll rally off the teams to, to let people, you know, get familiar with 
the four teams per position that we're talking about, just in case you are unfamiliar with the uh, each team in each division. And then we're Lucas and I are each going to pick a team um, in that division and uh, break down kind of why we like that particular stack. So Lucas, per usual, I'll let you go first in each one of these. Uh, let me break down the teams and then you can pick up your team. So in the AFC West, we have the Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, um, the no longer St. Louis Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. Who of those four teams do you prefer to have the stack of quarterback plus whomever? Uh, we're with the Rams here. Um, so obviously Jared Goff. Um, and I think the, obviously it's Robert Woods. I don't mind Cooper cup, um, but it's mainly Robert Woods. And I'm actually going to Gerald Everett here. Um, obviously Goff, if you listened to yesterday's video, basically stated that this team was third in total pass attempts uh, per game, which obviously total third in total pass attempts on the whole season. I don't think that's going to change. Uh, they front load a lot of their contracts and a bit them in the butt and they lost Clay Matthews. They're leading sort of, middle tier of that defense obviously they still have Ramsey but just throw to the other side of the field uh just let, let Ramsey lock down whoever and they lost uh Dante Fowler I believe their edge rusher so the defense is kind of weak which will lead to more negative game scripts which will lead to more throwing for Jared Goff rookie running backs are not going to help the running situation at first will take more time for Jared for the Rams to hit that so they will throw the ball and I went Gerald Everett um, or I guess I went Robert Woods because someone has to feel the, the Brandon Cooks role. And I don't think Tyler Higbee's fell on that. And I'm pretty sure Cooper Cup, the slot receiver, is not going to fill the downfield stretcher role. So I think Woods is in for a huge year. And I'm fading Tyler Higbee because this is kind of the whole Devontae Parker, Preston Williams thing. It's a situation where I'm not taking a single game split because that's super subjective and total bias if you pick one. Um, that being said, Gerald Everett, broke out when he was healthy, right? He was the guy to start. Tyler Higby, I don't even – couldn't. I mean, I knew who he was, but I couldn't even tell you if he was, like, playing at the time. Everett gets hurt, and then Higby breaks out. Apparently, the games where Everett kept Higby on the bench don't matter, I guess, to according to current ADP or any analysis around Tyler Higby or et cetera, et cetera. That being said, Higby still did break out at an enormous level – so my thinking is, this is why I would rather take Everett, is why pay up for a guy that's equal as the guy behind him that actually is the starting tight end or was the starting tight end. So I'm just going to fade Higby. Um, I'm not taking the tight end six or seven in hopes he's the starter. Like normally if you take the tight end six or seven, he would be the starter. So I'm just going to fade that in general. And I think this team is going to kind of switch back to the 11 personnel we saw at the start of the season, uh, which will not favor the tight ends. I don't know why, but I'm really concerned for some reason. I love Tyler Higby. He beasted out and was some of the most impressive tight end work we've seen in, in recent years. I love Tyler Higby, but I, something in my gut is terrified to draft him in the early, you know, kind of the sixth, seventh round, eighth round, because I'm worried that he's going to be this year's OJ Howard for some reason. The difference is OJ Howard got a new coach and got thrown to the curb, whereas Tyler Higby obviously proved it to everybody that he can do it. So it's a little bit different, but like, I just, I see a world where maybe Jailward ever does come back all four of those receptions. I think my boy, Josh Reynolds might sneak into that, uh, that 
Brandon Cook's role as well, potentially Von Jefferson too. So there's a lot of uh, Cam Akers obviously is going to be a factor there for the Rams. So a little bit worried about Tyler Higby at the draft cost. I think he'll be fine, but at the draft cost, I'm worried about him. So I think Everett's an interesting pick. One thing about Cooper Cup, bro, have you seen this this recent picture of Cooper Cup working out, bro? He's like he's like a taller Christian McCaffrey, yo. Like I'm the good, the good old the good old workout hype when no defenders bro, are on him. You bro, love to see it. bro, bro. Usually I don't bite. Okay. Last year we saw Christian McCaffrey in his like cut off Carolina hoodie, and everyone's like, "Damn, bro!" Somebody like photoshopped little CMC, and he comes out and just rolls for two thousand yards. I'm telling you right now, bro. Cooper Cup is ready to go. Two years off that ACL. My man could be beast, and I'd be happy with either one of those receivers. But I'm with you, Eileen Robert Woods, as well. Okay, with the Rams, good breakdown there. I'm going to go with the Seahawks, and Russell Wilson's my dog. I've been saying for years on this podcast and longer before this podcast that if Russell Wilson was on pretty much like 25 other NFL teams, he would be a top three quarterback every single season. He kind of already is, and they don't even let him throw the ball. He's absolutely fucking phenomenal. I'm really worried that they're just kind of wasting his career uh, in uh, in Seattle, just not allowing him to be the best quarterback in the league. But that's another conversation. Um, Russell Wilson and I would say DK Metcalf. I know you're on the locket train, so I'm going to throw them both in here. Russell Wilson and or uh, or I should say Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and or Tyler Lockett. I think is a great stack this year. Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson have an incredible efficiency. I keep expecting to fade away, but it just frankly does not. Tyler Lockett made one of the best catches I've ever seen in the back of the end zone um, last year, where he toe tapped, but he was he caught the ball like four yards out of bounds, but he was inbounds with his toes. Yeah. So it was absolutely phenomenal. Um, great catch there, and we saw what he did with. Uh, uh, with Russell Wilson did with Doug Baldwin, who I never thought was that amazing, but Russell Wilson allowed him to be a top end uh, wide receiver for years. And DK Metcalf, I just think takes that next step this year. He and AJ Brown, I think are just going to be absolute fucking animals moving forward. And I think it starts this year. Uh, he led the, uh, the NFL last year in red zone um, attempts. I think he, you know, catches up double digit touchdowns this year. So DK is my dog. So I'm going to take Russ and DK, but you could take Russ and uh, lock it as well. Also, there's no tight end really right now that's that definite guy. There's about four dudes, but there's not the one guy. And I don't think any of those running backs are going to be that uh, dump-off guy there. So for me, it's Russell Wilson, DK, and Lockett in the pass game there for the Seahawks. All right, NFC West. We broke down the Rams and the Seahawks. Let's move on to the NFC East. We have the Cowboys, the Eagles, the uh, not-for-long Redskins, and the Giants. Who of those four teams are you picking in the NFC East? Well, you went the Cowboys, and I'm not picking the Giants guys. You have to turn to the draft guy. I did a pretty good study as to why none of them are, none of them are a good pick, no matter where the ADP is. Um, you might be wondering, how the hell is that the case? Get the draft guy. That's a pretty good write-up on those. So I went with the Eagles. Um, not Steven Sims? Not St- hey, that man's a beast. Um, he looks like uh, the, the Predator movies out there when he, cause he's humongous in the slot. It's actually pretty cool. <laughs> But it's still the well. The well, he needs a quarterback. Are, that's the problem. That's the problem. They need yeah, he needs Kyle Allen in there to throw him the ball. Um, so I went with the Eagles, and I guess Carson Wentz because like I've seen him going like I mean I'm taking Carson Wentz if he's past the QB ten, but I'm not taking him at the QB seven if that that's kind of my vibe on him. No Jalen Rager, no Deshaun Jackson, none of the receivers. I'm strictly going the Wentz and Ertz pairing with possibly the Goddard handcuff late. Um, Do it. 
Do it, do it, do it. It's primarily – this is primarily my pick because the lack of weapons in this division, um, you could say, because, yeah, I mean, it's not like Ertz is, like, a good pick because obviously he's a good pick, and I guess handcuff him and give him the consistent quarterback. So that's about all my analysis on that. Not a very good analysis. That's about all I got there. I like that there. Uh, real talk, you have to pick a a Philadelphia receiver. Who is it? Sean Jackson just for week one. That's it. That's a crazy, crazy ADP too. I mean, he's in like the 15th round or something stupid. Right yeah. Now. None of them because there's 9 million speedy burners. Yeah, I agree. I think Jalen Rager is probably the guy that I'm going to pick. I'm just going to wait on him until week four. Everyone else will get hurt and then he can beast out. Um, I'm going to fade Eagles in general, except for maybe Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz. I've been saying it for months. I will continue to say it as long as it's a, a thing. If you draft Zach Ertz, reach for Dallas Goddard, period. I've been doing it for two years. It hasn't really mattered, but I'm telling you right now, if Zach Ertz goes down, Dallas Goddard is a top five tight end, and you can get him right now in the 12th, 15th round because he's the handcuff. So do that. All right, man, I'm gonna, I am going to go with the Cowboys. This is pretty easy here. Um, not much analysis, again, with some of these teams, but uh, I would love to have Dak Prescott. You and I both have him as our QB3. I would like to reach for him in the – fourth round I'll take him all day um, after I get two quality running backs and receiver vice versa and um, my uh, my Cowboys weapon to pair up with him if you've been listening to the podcast is no surprise but I'm going to go with Michael Gallup it's not Amari Cooper definitely not Mario Cooper and I love CD Lamb but not yet <laughs> I love CD yeah. Lamb next year as this year's Michael Gallup but this year I think Michael Gallup will be the uh, top Cowboys receiver I said that on our hot takes episode last week I truly believe that I just think he passes up Amari Cooper um, and I don't think Amari Cooper is going to be in Dallas next year so I th really think that Michael Gallup who would have outpaced Amari Cooper in almost every single category last year if he didn't play two less games uh, will be that number one he'll play the number two which is even better for him because Amari Cooper is the one that's going to get doubled up um, and then uh, we'll have obviously the stack boxes because of Zeke. And I think that's going to allow Michael Gallup to get down the field on the other side with Jarwin and Lamb clogging up the middle too. So I love me some Michael Gallup this year who's still falling. He's like in the eighth round right now of drafts, which is stupid. Um, I'm picking Michael Gallup every time and I would love to stack him with Dak Prescott. If you're going way deep, then you can throw a, throw a bone to my man Jarwin, um, who I do love, and I think he'll be fine. Uh, but, again, there's so many mouths to feed. He's like sixth in line for targets. I'll take Michael Gallup, who's number two in targets. So I'm pretty – maybe even number one, depending on how the season goes with Amari Cooper. So pretty fired up on Dak Prescott and Michael Gallup. All right, let's go to the NFC South. We have the Buccaneers, the Falcons, the uh, Panthers, and the Saints. So I went with the Falcons here, um, and I'm pulling out my projections right now because it's, it's looking nice for the Falcons. And people might call me crazy, but my, my evidence, I guess, or my reasoning is definitely there. So as of now, I'm sorry, pulling it over here. I have them projected for 722 passing plays and 388.9 rushing attempts. That's very on the high end of what we've seen in the past, but they threw the ball, I think, like 60 times the last three games last year. The defense is still not good. They're going to have to – I mean, I've been saying they're going to have to keep up if they want to compete in this uh, division. So, as of now, I have Matt Ryan ranked at, at – ranked. I have Matt 341 projected points, which would have been the QB2, which he literally was not this year but the past year. I have Gurley at 211, which is like a back-end RB1, high-end RB2. 
But the part that's really nice is I have Julio Jones at 310 and Calvin Ridley at 257.1. And it reflects about my rankings. I think I would put Julio on normal years, QB three to four. Last year was kind of a down year and Ridley right around the nine to 12 range. So right where I have him. So I'm going, to be honest, I don't even know if this is like the Matt Ryan stack. This is more like to stack Julio and Ridley, but I guess obviously throwing Matt Ryan for the case of QB week. I just think it's going to be a gold mine. I mean, I didn't even mention Hayden Hurst. Todd Gurley is probably a good value if he stays healthy. Didn't even mention Russell Gage. Brian Hill is going to be one of my highest owned handcuffs. Or, I mean, Edo Smith. I don't know who the backup is. I'll probably be taking both, honestly, in the 15th, 16th round because of Todd Gurley's injuries. I think they're just a, they're just a gold mine waiting to happen. Um, they're a team that could be the best in every metric and be 3-13 and 13 when it's all said and done just because of the division they pay in. Uh, playing so I, I'm definitely targeting uh, Falcons which I, I hope you know by now that I'm targeting Falcons if you listen to the podcast yep I think that's a great call I love my man Julio Calvin's going to be just fine I think Todd Gurley has a big bounce back or not even a bounce back year I just think he has a great year as well and then Matt Ryan too and that defense is still pretty shoddy I'm going to go with Brady and the Buccaneers I just I think it's going to be a lot of fun this year I got Godwin and Evans um, as the stack obviously you can go with Gronkowski as well I think if I had to make a stack, who would I go with? I think I would go with um, Godwin and Brady. Uh, I do think Evans is going to be just fine. I think he's unnecessarily falling in drafts. Um, saw him in the fourth round uh, of a mock the other day. I mean, you're not going to be able to get both those guys, which I don't know you would want to anyway. Um, but I'm going to pick Godwin over Evans just slightly, and then I'm going to go with Brady. The Gronk story is fun. I'm going to be excited to watch him on Sundays. And, and catch a couple of Gronk spikes over the year, but I'm not going to be drafting Gronkowski anywhere uh, with, with kind of little, little upside there. So I'm going to go with Brady and Godwin as my stack in the NFC South. Not much to be seen here. Arians loves a slot. Brady loves a slot. I think Mike Evans is going to get another thousand yard season and maybe even does a double digit touchdowns, but I can see Godwin getting double digit touchdowns as well and getting maybe closer to 1500 yards and over a hundred receptions, which in PPR leagues is just going to continually rack up. So I like that a lot. And uh, Brady's going in the 10th plus round right now with current ADP. Um, I can actually check that out really quick. Let's see here. Tom Brady, uh, actually he's going a little bit higher. He's going about the eighth round um, right now. So he's starting to, starting to climb a little bit, but I like Brady and I like Godwin. So that's my uh, NFC South. So we're going with the Falcons and the Bucks in the NFC South. Let's go with the NFC North and then we'll wrap that up and go over to the AFC side on the AFC or in the NFC North. Rather, we have the Packers, the Vikings, the Lions and uh, Bears. All righty. I went with the Bears here. Uh, this is the Nick Foles, David Montgomery, Allen Robinson stack. I mean, Allen Robinson, he's a beast. Why does he have one that nobody wants to rank there because of leaving it blank so someone can insert a reason? Because I don't know. They're scared of the quarterback in the offense. Yeah, they're scared of the quarterback in the offense, even though he's a wide receiver one last year and when he had Blake Bortles. And yeah, I don't know. People make fantasy really hard. Just take Allen Robinson, he's a good receiver. Um, he literally bullies any corner thrown your way. Um, he, he made fun of Darius Slay. I'm pretty sure that was him or maybe Adams like two weeks ago saying that Slay gave away his coverage every single time. That's what, That might have been Adams. I don't know. Either way, that just shows you they're a smart receiver if it's him or Adams. Um, Dave Montgomery, I, I don't know. I mean, like, not, not a great pick, but he was still like the running back 20, I believe, last year. Terrible in every metric. And obviously that draw you off him, right? But they didn't replace him. I'm pretty sure his backup's Ryan Null. I think he's a fullback. Obviously Cohen, but they're not going to give Cohen 
20 touches behind the line of scrimmage. So unless they don't bring in a backup, I'm all over Dave Montgomery. And then Nick Foles, we mentioned, that's more so the, the beginning schedule is pretty easy. Um, that's more of a deeper league or a super flex sort of stack, though. I like it. Yep, definitely, definitely a deeper stack, but I love me some A-Rob. I'm going to go with the Lions here, man. I uh, just mentioned on the previous podcast, I would love to have Matt Stafford, Kenny Galladay, of course, and my boy Marvin Jones that I've been taking in the 10th round of drafts for the last five years. I think he's got great value. He's been on pace for 1,000 yards and double-digit touchdowns in three of the last four seasons. He is going to be just fine as long as he stays healthy. Kenny Galladay could take that step into the upper echelon top five wide receivers this year, and Matt Stafford was on pace to be a top three quarterback as well before he got hurt. So I love that value. And Marvin Jones and Matt Stafford, you could basically get in the ninth, 10th, 11th round. Kenny Galladay, obviously, you have to pay up for in the second or third. But getting Kenny Galladay and then grabbing Matt Stafford later on, I think would be a great weekly upside stack and also a nice uh, floor there as well. All right, man, that is the NFC side. I'm going to take a quick pause and just remind people, if you have not gotten the draft guide yet, go to tckpod.com, grab yourself a draft guide, five bucks for the draft guide, five bucks for the in-season package, or 15 bucks for both of them, plus some bonus features that you can see on the draft guide. Again, just 15 bucks or five bucks if that's even too much for you. You can just hit us up there, give us your email address, and um, let us know your name. We'll be in touch to uh, get the payment and everything rolling to you, and we'll get that out and a draft guide ready to go as soon as possible. So we appreciate the support there. We've already got a handful of people with their mitts on it. We've got a lot of great contributors, so uh, we appreciate that. I want to make sure that you're getting the draft guide to help you win your fantasy football leagues. So go do it now. Pause the podcast, tckpod.com. All right, welcome back. Thank you for uh going to draft and get yourself the uh, draft guide. We're going to drop into the AFC side, man. Let's start with the AFC West. We've got the Chiefs, the Raiders, your Denver Broncos, and the Chargers. Which of those four teams is the offensive team that you want to stack up? Only with the Chargers here, not the Broncos. Um, there's been a lot of Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler buzz going around lately. And – I know no one can tell me that Phillip Rivers was a good quarterback last year. So why is an accurate quarterback and Tyrod Taylor going to make that worse? I don't know. I, like I said, people make this stuff way too hard. Go take Keenan Allen, who's consistently finished as a top 12 wide receiver, even though when I don't want him to, he seems to always do it. Austin Eckler. Um, I mean, the, it's weird because what he showed us last year without Melvin Gordon, now he has all Melvin Gordon's vacated production. And his competition is a seventh-round running back and a fourth-round running back that I'm pretty sure 90% of football fans didn't know existed until he got drafted to the Chargers. It, I, don't, I don't know where the confusion is or where the, the scared part of the game is. The team's a good team. Probably one of the scariest secondaries in the league mixed with two fantastic edge rushers, a, a capable quarterback that went to the playoffs three years ago. So, yeah, take the Chargers. I'm not necessarily saying stack Tyrod, but yet again, super flex, a good stash. But this is more so an Eckler and Keenan Allen uh, endorsement right here. And if the counselor, if you're listening to this, please delete your Instagram. Oh, if you have not seen yet, Austin Eckler should have called out the Fantasy Football Council. You can go check that out on any of your uh... – on your your platforms all right man um i'm gonna go with the chiefs here pretty obvious patrick mahomes uh you know best pure quarterback in the league um multiple stacks here so you got travis kelsey obviously uh, you could also do um 
uh, Tyree Kill and then CEH as well. You're not going to be able to get a bunch of those guys. We could do a great stack. Nothing much to say there. I would love to have those two guys in the you know first three rounds. If I came out with two of those guys, I would be absolutely pumped. Four Chiefs, four Chiefs going in the first That'd be uh, crazy. two rounds, maybe three rounds. So pretty incredible there. Would you, uh, let's get in. Would you actually want like all four? Like if you could get all four, would you actually do it? Um. Well, CEH would have to be my uh, running back one then because. Mm-hmm. But then so you could see, snag, you could snag Tyre- like Montgomery or Mostert in round five. <sighs> Shit. I mean, sure. How would that work? Tyreek in the first round, Mahomes With- in the second round, CEH in the third, maybe Travis Kelsey in the fourth. That's not going to happen. I, I just don't think that you're, I mean, you're not going to be able to, but in a, in a vacuum, would I want to? I mean, one league, why not? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, that I had, I had, um, Years ago, it was a different drafting strategy with ADP, but I ended up with Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Mark Ingram, and Alvin Kamara. I drafted all mm-hmm. of them on a team. Um, actually, it was the first year um, of the TCK pod, uh, and um, I ended up winning it that year, so it worked out. But I ended up getting like – Kamara was a top pick. Michael Thomas was like a third or fourth round that year. Ingram was like a sixth, seventh round, and Drew Brees was like 10th. So it was way gotcha. different. But if I could get all four of the Chiefs, yeah, sure, why not? I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, I think my ultimate stack would be – I think I just – if I'm going to go onesies early, I don't think you can get better than than Mahomes and Kelsey. So I think I would double up with those guys. I think I can get you know Tyreek Hill somewhere else, and I can get CEH somewhere else, but I would go Mahomes and Kelsey. All right, let's go with the AFC East. we got the Patriots. We have the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills. I mean, I went with the Patriots. We basically said gross to every single team while reading this off. Um, yes, this is an endorsement for Julian Edelman and the, the, the newly acquired Tom Brady heir, Cam Newton. Uh, you, you hyped up Cam Newton a little bit. I did too in the last episode, so make sure to go check that out. I mean, basically what it comes down to is I'll stop talking about Edelman until his ADP goes up. Um, so target him everywhere. I guess we, we'll just kind of turn this into a little bit more of a Patriots talk because we didn't really get to digest it enough. So I guess I'm confused where the whole Nikhil Harry like rise of breakout came after they signed Cam Newton. Like did people not watch Cam Newton last year when he couldn't even hit the wide receiver five yards off the line of scrimmage? And now Nikhil Harry's supposed to break out when he just came from Tom Brady? I, I don't know. It was so funny because like, we were recording and then I like looked on Twitter and I was like, Nikhil Harry rocket ship emoji. And I was like, wait, like, please explain that correlation to me. Like it doesn't make any sense. So I guess Harry, um, I mean, the boy James White might single-handedly outcatch Julian Edelman. Um, his ADP might reflect that by August, so he could be in a void, but I definitely think that's a possibility. But in reality, I mean, Edelman, Cam Newton's a perfect definition of a late-round QB that might, might finish top five and then play around with the running backs and Nikhil Harry. I think you can definitely find some value on this team. Christian McCaffrey led the Panthers in receptions the last two years that Cam Newton was healthy. So fire up James White all day. Yeah, long. yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins, and this is a weird one. I just – okay, it's process of elimination in the AFC East. It has been in years for fantasy football and NFL football. I don't hate Josh Allen, but I don't believe in him yet, and Stephon Diggs and John Brown and Cole Beasley, I just don't see it as much. The Jets are a dumpster fire until Adam Gase is gone, so I'm not going to talk about them outside of my boy Frank Gore. 
Um, so I'm going to go with the Dolphins. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, as Ryan Fitzpatrick as he is, he's going to chuck it as long as they allow him to. When he's done, Tua's going to come in and chuck it. It might be – I think it's going to be week 12. I, uh, I wrote an article here you could find in the draft guide. And my prediction is that Tua, if he plays in 2020 at all, I think it's going to be in week 12. They have a bye in week um, 10, I believe. Week 11, they play the Jets. And then after that, they're going to play the Cincinnati Bengals, which, of course, is Joe Burrow. And that just – the NFL is not going to allow <laughs> that game to happen without Tua and Burrow trying to play each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I Just two top five picks, I think it's going to be great. So, I think Tua gets a chance, I think, and, and Fitzpatrick's going to be fine until then. My biggest thing is, like, Preston Williams, who's one of my favorite, you know, late-round draft picks now, he was actually outpaced Devontae Parker last year in the nine games that both of them played together up until week nine when Preston Williams tore his ACL. He was out for the season. They were back-to-back in fantasy, um, wide receiver 36 and 37, and uh, Devontae Parker was only 1.2 PPR fantasy points ahead of Preston Williams, and he was actually only 0.1 per game. So love that. Preston Williams was also um, ahead of Devontae Parker in targets, receptions, and receiving yards with Devontae Parker having four touchdowns to Preston Williams, three. So Preston Williams is just as good as Devontae Parker. I think he's in a beast. And last year we saw what Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki were able to do after Preston Williams went out. So the Dolphins with Matt Breida and Jordan Howard to boot coming in, like they have a sneaky good offense and they also have a sneaky good defense. Um, I don't think they win the division this year over the Bills, but I think they could be um, potentially second over the Patriots if if Cam Newton doesn't pan out and Stidham is not the man. So I'm just going to take a flyer here on, you know, Fitzmagic is my last pick of the draft if I need. This is more of a super flex conversation with these guys um, or a dynasty pick. But I love uh, – I'm going to pass on Devontae Parker in the sixth round every single draft. No, thank you. But I am going to pick um, – Preston Williams in the uh, in the tenth or eleventh round every single pick, and I'll take a flyer on Mike Kosicki here and there as well in the tenth uh, or twelfth round too. There, so Dolphins are my pick. Patriots are your pick for the AFC East. Two more, man. AFC South. We got the Texans, the Colts, the Titans, and the Jags. I'm going with the Jaguars here. Uh, obviously, Gardner Minshew is one of my. He's one of my, my guys. Probably the best late round really late, late round, I guess you could say. Oh, he's probably the best QB2 you can have. with Superflex, probably QB2, QB3, even QB2 I'm fine with. The schedule is easy. The path to negative game script is definitely there. And, I mean, I'm pairing him with DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault. I'm going to go Leonard Fournette because, I mean, really when it comes down to it, Fournette's ADP is going down in a good way in terms of, like, in terms of the running back ADP. I know if you listened to yesterday, I talked about, the overall concept of ADP and kind of how that can play into positional value. And I think Fournette's only going to, he's never going to go up because he's in the spot where like, are, his, are people actually going to take him over Gurley, James Conner, right? Like that's kind of the, what he falls into. So he can really only go, only go down in ADP and yes, he's not going to get a hundred targets, but he also had, I'm pretty sure one touchdown inside the five yard line, like two inside the red zone. And he was like probably top 10 in carries and all that. So that will go up. So I, I do the, um, I think the Minshew, Fournette, and Shark stack is definitely a good um, – up, I would say upside play because I don't want to say there's a floor there because the Jaguars could easily go 0-16 this year. But I definitely think it's an upside stack for sure. Yep, I totally agree. And and them bringing in Jay Gruden I think is going to be big as well. He likes to chuck it all over the yard. He just had 
rough teams in, in Washington there previously, but I do think that they have an option. Also, we got our boy Tyler Eifert, uh, who we mentioned a couple weeks ago, that has a nice schedule at tight end, and he could hopefully get a late career surge for him as well. I'm going to go with the Texans here, man. It was, it was kind of back and forth between the Titans and the Texans. I like the Titans. I think Tannehill's going to take a, take a big step and follow up where he was last year. But outside of A.J. Brown, I just, I just don't believe in Corey Davis. I love Jonu Smith but I want to see it for a full season. And we know that Derrick Henry doesn't catch the ball. And then on the other side uh, for the Colts, um, Rivers and T.Y., sure. But those guys, I think, are just not going to be as fun as everybody wants them to be. I love my boy Michael Pittman um, and Zach Pascal, but I don't know if that happens this year with uh, Doyle as well. So I think there's a lot of run game in both Tennessee and Indianapolis. So I'm going to take away from that stack. I'm going to go with the Texans, who – if Bill Bryant doesn't completely fuck up, the Texans should still win eight games just because Deshaun Watson is incredible and that defense should be good enough. And that offense or that division, I don't think is that great. So they should be okay. And, and that's the, that's the stack I want. The question is who do I want? Which receiver do I want to stack with Deshaun Watson? Um, I've gone back and forth here with, with Brandon cooks and Will Fuller. And I think I want to go with Brandon cooks. Um, Brandon Cooks is healthy outside of concussions. Will Fuller has the knee issues. I'm worried about that more so than than Brandon Cooks. So both of them are very, very risky. But Brandon Cooks has had 1,000 yards every year. He's been healthy. I think he's going to be just fine this year. He gets another great uh, offensive juggernaut team, and I think Deshaun Watson is going to be able to find him quite often. So I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson um, if I pick him in, what, the fifth round probably. And then Brandon Cooks is uh, going pretty deep right now. So he's going after uh, Will Fuller, which I like a lot. So that's a pretty good stack for me. All right, man, last one, AFC North. We've got uh, your Browns. We've got the Bungles, the Steelers, and the Ravens. I'm going with the Ravens, and this is this this is a one I think is actually like possible that I think I'll have a lot of, um, and it's the, it's the big one, the Lamar, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Hollywood, and Mark Andrews stack. But that being said, I know that I would be pumped if I had Lamar as my QB1. I'm growing on Andrews a little bit because I think that I read an article, uh, Hidden Winks from Roto World. I put out an article like saying why Lamar could break the touchdown regression. It basically came down to because he's throwing the ball so close to the line of scrimmage because the offense is so good. They're running the ball to get up to the line of scrimmage and then they run a lot of RPO play action type plays. Um, so I know I touched on why maybe you should step back on Andrews. And that was because I kind of looked at the regression in terms of like a whole like 36 to 26 touchdowns or whatever. Um, and I, I do have, as of now, my projections, Lamar at 26 passing touchdowns, but I will be updating it. Uh, it's the first run through. So that being said, you can easily get Lamar in round two if you want. Um, Andrews in round three. Dobbins round four and marking him round five and Hollywood like seven. Like, I don't mean, I, that seems like, why would you even do that? But if you can get a safe running back in round one, which you can probably get like a Zeke or a Barkley and get Lamar back in round two, your tight end set, you have your wide receiver two, then go like Edelman, Marvin Jones with your two running backs with Zeke. I mean, it sounds a little far-fetched, but I definitely think there's some strategy to it if you play it right. I think you can end up getting Dobbins like the eighth round too. You don't have to reach that much. And honestly, I think maybe more realistic with the ADP, if you were to go crazy like that, like we just talked about the, the Chiefs, if you were to get that crazy, I think more realistically, you probably end up going Lamar in the second, um, 
honestly, you probably even get Andrews in like the fourth. So that allows you to get two other wide receivers or running backs there in the first and the third. You'd probably get Hollywood in the fifth, maybe sixth round. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get Mark Ingram in the fifth or sixth round. And then you could probably get Dobbins there in the eighth. So I like it. I think that's, you know, obviously aggressive. But um, if I were to go with the Ravens, I would love Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. I just think that that is a, a stellar. And again, if you can actually find somebody like Wentz and um, Ertz or Jimmy G and Kittle, I just think having that tight end quarterback combo when it works out, I think is going to be great. And I'm hoping this year that uh, Ryan Tannehill and um, John o. Smith grow into one of those combinations as well. I think that'd be great uh, for both of them. So I like that pick on the Ravens on the Steelers side uh, is who I'm going to go with here. I was going to go with the Browns, but I talk about the Browns all the time. Um, that one seems easy with, you know, Baker and Odell or Landry or Kareem Hunt or uh, Austin Hooper with David and Joko on his way out. Um, the Bengals, Joe Burrow would be a lot of fun, but who are you going to go with? I mean, AJ Brown, AJ Green, I love, but I'm not sure I trust enough. The rest of those guys, I just don't know that they're, they're going to be the, the number one, Tyler Boyd and whatnot. So I'm going to go with the Steelers. It's Big Ben, it's Juju, of course, but I also like Deontay Johnson. I also like Jason, uh, James Washington, even Eric Ebron, who I think could catch double-digit touchdowns just because. So I like Big Ben. Again, we just mentioned him last uh, episode. You can grab him in the 11th round right now. Juju's in like the fourth round, which is ridiculous. I love that. Uh, both of those ADPs right there are excellent. If you grab um, Deontay Johnson or James Washington even later, uh, you end up getting those guys, everybody, and maybe like the sub-10 outside of Juju. So I like the Steelers pick right there um, with Big Ben and – uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. All right, man, that's the Ravens and the Steelers. So really quick to blaze through all these, these are the stacks that we are looking to grab in each division. So back in the NFC West, we're going to go with the Seahawks and the Rams, NFC East, Eagles and Cowboys, NFC South, the Falcons and the Buccaneers, NFC North, Lions and Bears, AFC side, AFC West, Chiefs and Chargers, AFC East, Patriots and uh, Dolphins, AFC South, Texans and Jaguars, and then the AFC North, the Steelers and the Ravens. Those are some quarterback combos with their team. Of course, there's a plenty of other great mixes. I love me. Uh, some Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, of course. There's many, many others throughout the league that I would love to have, but these are kind of the, uh, the cream of the crop, if you will, for us. So that wraps up uh, episode number three for quarterback week. Tomorrow we're going to have a mock draft. We're excited about that. And then we're going to jump into running back week uh, to get into the middle of July. Uh, Lucas, before we get out of here, man, please give everybody uh, just a quick update on how the, uh, how the draft guide is coming along and how they can get their paws on it. Yep, down below there is a link to the Google form or you can go to tckpod.com. Uh, you basically fill out either one of the ways the routes you take. I will get notified. I will get out to you to get the payment information, and then you will have access to the draft guide. Uh, it's a full year access, obviously, so you'll have access up until we release the draft guide next year. Um, once you're in, we're more than welcome to having an idea, any ideas or anything you might want. Um, yeah, and then more information on the Listener League will be next week or two weeks, I believe. Excellent. Right on. Make sure you go get that draft guide. Make sure to leave a subscribe right here to the YouTube channel and a rate and review as long as your comment as well with your favorite quarterback stack with the you know, wide receiver, tight end, or running back. Let us know who you will be drafting at current ADP or just talent in general. Favorite 
maybe NFL style stack and also fantasy stack there for quarterback and another position. Make sure to leave a rate and review on the podcast wherever you're listening. We appreciate that, of course. Follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Make sure to please go get a draft guide for yourself. Five bucks for the draft guide, five bucks for the in-season package, 15 bucks for both of those and some extra shit. Lucas and I have been working tirelessly behind the scenes. We've got all sorts of homies from other, uh, other of your favorite accounts um, who have been working really hard with us as well to build up this draft guide. So we're going to help you win your fantasy football leagues and we want to make sure that you are a part of it. So appreciate everyone that's already signed up. Thank you in advance to everybody else going to sign up right now. TCKpod.com is where you can find that draft guide. That's been another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Episode 224 in the books, 225, a mock draft coming up next. For Lucas Kaser, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.